When can we expect to see new entry-level contract signing Sam Henches and Vladislav Firstov? Plus, when might the Wilds be able to get Kalen Addison, Adam Beckman, and Marco Rossi to the NHL level? We find out all of that and more today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Lockdown Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we talk prospects with prospect expert and resident sicko Spoked Z. We touch on the entry-level contracts for Sam Henches and Vladislav Firstov. We'll talk some organizational depth as well as a look at whether or not the Wild may sign Ben Myers. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild, your veteran captain of the show with uh, well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams through the highs and the lows. And we're joined by the host of Judd's Buds as part of the Soda Pod feed. And as I mentioned, resident sicko, Spoked Z. Spoked, glad to have you back on the show. And uh, we've seen the Wild go into full, like, full goon mode. Uh, here uh, since the trade deadline, they are off and rolling. So uh, it's an exciting time here for the Minnesota Wild, not only there, but in the prospect realm as well. Let's start with an interesting kind of nugget because we, we've got the Frozen Four going on uh, coming up. And so a lot of collegiate athletes starting to look for their next steps. And a couple of players have uh, have signed entry-level contracts with the Wild already, but uh, there is a certain golden gopher in Ben Myers who is drawing a lot of interest. What do you think of Ben Myers, and uh, do the Wilds have a legit chance to uh, to sign him? First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, been a minute <laughs> since we last spoke. Um, yeah, Ben Myers, I mean, he's that dude. Um it sounds like there's a very good chance um, that he ends up in Minnesota per Russo and whoever his sources are. Uh, the Wild are now one of two front runners to land Ben Myers. And, you know, I, the one thing they have in their back pocket is the Minnesota connection, obviously. Um, I'd be, but this kid is, he's unbelievable. He's, He's a, he's right around there, like he's right around ready to get like a test drive in the NHL. So if they were to sign him, I would expect that they'd bring him in and just get a look at him. Um, but he just does a little bit of everything for you. He's, he can move, um, you know, he can score in different ways. He's got a really good shot, whether he's in tight or distance. Uh, most of his goals are coming from in tight, um, sick hands. He does a little bit of everything for you. On top of that, he's defensively he's pretty solid. I think he's got. You know, I know everyone was all jacked up, uh, mostly just because it was news about Jack McBain. Um, You know, as much as I love the guy, and I think he's just about NHL ready, uh, I think Ben Myers probably has a higher ceiling, uh, at least offensively, than a Jack McBain does. Um, Obviously, he doesn't have the same, like, size, I guess, but 
you know, Jack McBain, he was a kid that had first round looks when he was being drafted, got injured, um, and then kind of fell off his draft year and ended up going in, what was it, third round? Um, you know, and until this season, he had been pretty underwhelming at Boston College. He was behind a pretty stacked cast of characters there, but, um, you know, he made this year count, and obviously that stands out to everybody, but um, I do think Ben Myers gives you a little bit more dynamic offense than a Jack McBain does, albeit same time, you know, McBain definitely does a lot of things that translate well to the NHL. So, um, you know, Ben Myers would definitely be a good ad. You can never have too many prospects at the end of the day. If nothing else, you have a pretty good asset on your hands. So um, you never know how many of these prospects are going to end up actually playing for your team, but you can never have too many. And, um, you know, trying to fit them into the lineup, it's a pretty good problem to have. Do you think we'll see, you know, any more steam and obviously, can't really know until uh, until we get um, we have the news broken. But do you do you think the Wild will take a look at any other um, or should take a look at any other potential uh, collegiate free agents? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think you've got a pretty good pool right now of young players that probably could play in the NHL today, but just with contracts and how many guys are in front of them and how many spots there aren't available at this point. Um, you know, it's pretty rare for teams to go out and sign multiple big name uh, college free agents. Um, so I think if you land Ben Myers, it's probably the one guy that I would say is a good chance ends up in Minnesota. And other than that, sure. I'd be pretty surprised if they went shopping anywhere else. Um, a bunch of those other guys are already signed as well. Um, you know, the Bruins went out and signed Mark McLaughlin from BC um he and ben myers i watched at bruins development camp last summer and they were two of the best players there like it wasn't even close um but a lot of those other guys like trevino's probably gonna end up in new york if he isn't there already um i mean there's some other guys who i think are juniors that i saw at that that development camp that i really like and will sure i'm sure that they will end up in the nhl but in terms of minnesota i don't think you know outside of ben myers i don't really know how long that shopping list is going to be yeah, the uh, it, it certainly seems like the seating in the metaphorical restaurant for the Wilds' um, organizational depth is starting to really fill up. And so, you know, the, there are going to be situations like with Jack McBain where you have a guy who says, I don't really see a way up the ladder as quickly as I'd like. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think you're, I think you're right on with, you know, they have some spots to fill, but, you know, at the end of the day, the uh, this is probably as deep and as good as the wild prospect pool has been for quite a while. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, they have depth almost everywhere except for like right wing. And even then you got a couple of guys who are, I mean, when you're literally just saying, yeah, they could use some more depth or right wing. And you're talking about a prospect pool for a team that's just opening a Stanley cup window. That's pretty, it's a pretty good spot to be in. Yeah. 100%. We'll, we'll take a look at the, uh, the overall depth of the organization, uh, to end the show today, but uh, we do want to dive in as well to a couple of ELCs that the Wild signed uh, here within the uh, the last couple of weeks. So we'll continue our chat with Spoked Z on today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. 
You can get farm-fresh, seasonal produce and easy-to-make recipes delivered right to your door each and every week. And it's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. HelloFresh has fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutritious meals that you can feel good about with six recipes per week to choose from, including low-calorie and carb-conscious options. So go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. All of this at HelloFresh. April has begun, and we are not fooling. Built Bar is here to help you eat better and look better. And if you're looking for a little bit of a change of pace to your normal Built Bar routine, if you haven't tried Puffs, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, chocolate, uh, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, all amazingly delicious. They are all going to be your new favorite. So head to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen every day. Uh, just a reminder, Lockdown Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, your next listen each and every day, uh, each and every week, should be the newest episode of Judd's Buds on the SodaPod feed, so make sure to find that. Subscribe, listen. You can even give a five-star review on Spotify now, so do that. Do that. Locked on Wild listeners, and uh, keep the uh, keep the Minnesota Wild podcast family going strong. Spoke uh, as mentioned, Sam Henches and Vladdy Firstoff both signing ELCs uh, for the Wild here between now and I think it happened sometime after the trade deadline. Um, so let's just look look at the timetable. For both guys, uh, what to expect from them here over the uh, next couple of seasons. Let's start with Sam Henges, who was part of Team USA in the Olympics, came back to St. Cloud State, and um, you know a player who has has played well when he's played, but he has had some injury uh, bad luck as well. What do you expect the timetable to be for Henches uh, now that he has signed his ELC, and uh, what can Iowa Wild fans? look for in his game because uh, I'm assuming he's going to be reporting there first off. Yeah. Well, first off. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sam Hedges, you know, it's, it's funny coming into the year. You know, you, obviously I've seen him play plenty of times. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if there's one thing that really sticks out with his game, but he does a lot of things really well. Not, I wouldn't, ne- I don't know if I'd necessarily label him as like a Jack of all trades, master of none type, but um, you know, for him, the thing that sticks out is he just produces, you know, it's like sometimes you watch a kid and you're like, I don't really know what it is that he does 
better than anything else, but you know, you put him around the right players and he's just going to, he has a, a knack to find the net. And I mean, there are a few times this season that he was just, when he came back healthy, he was just taking over games for St. Cloud. Who's one of the best teams in the country. Um, obviously gets that Olympic look and, you know, plays well there in his limited minutes. But um, you know, I think for him, anytime you sign a kid, uh, to an ELC or, um, you know, bringing in a college free agent, whatever it is, you know, between the age and where they're at and how much production there or how much development there is to be had still. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you, you know, you gets a couple of games as a test drive. I got to look at how many contracts they can bring on, but because um, that's stupid CBA, there's just so many rules that they just make incredibly complicated for like regular people to go and look at. But um <laughs> You know, he, he plays super hard. He plays with an edge. I think one of the last games he got like a – I think he ended up with like 15 pins. He got tossed for boarding someone from behind. Um, Jeez. But it's just – again, it's like it's not like you watch him and he's doing anything crazy to stand out. He has good hands. He's skilled. He can move. Um, again, he's not the most talented kid in the world, but he just makes it work, you know, and I think there's always value to be had there when, um, you know, you just have a guy that for whatever – for whatever reason, whatever works for him, it works. So, um, you know, I, one thing I noticed more than anything this year is that shot. He was rifling a few pucks. He had a couple of real nice goals. His release is solid. Um, he play, he can score from distance. He can score from in tight. So look at a kid that's able to score. Um, he's, he's more than capable of playing with really good players. Um, and he has a knack to, to rise up a big moment. So I would, maybe he gets a couple games this year in Minnesota just to see what he's got. But I'm assuming once he's back down in Iowa, he'll feature in that top or middle six. Um, and we'll see who he ends up with. The Iowa Wild are kind of a mess right now. Um, it's not looking good. Playoffs are not looking likely. They're not mathematically out yet. They pretty much have to like win out. <laughs> Ooh. And they've been playing very poorly. Um that being said, they look like a team. I mean, Tim Harmy is not an easy guy to play for. Uh, he's very demanding. The way he wants his teams to play, it's it's tough. Um, so, you know, you're watching them now, and it looks like they got a lot of guys that are just run down and exhausted. So I think adding guys like Hentges or Firstov, um, you know, throwing some fresh blood in there, um, I think that could help them a lot. So whether he's in – I think he'll probably end up on the wing there. Um, but – you know, whether it's at center, whether it's at wing, I think he could at least give him a little bit of juice. Um, and if nothing else, he's a competitive bastard. So, um, you know, it tends to bode well for Tim Army's teams. And there are a couple of guys I think he could fit in well with down there. Well, it, they could be worn out, too, from all the fighting. Because are, are they not, like, leading the AHL in penalty minutes or are they close to? Because it seems like every time, you know, I see highlights from you or from anybody else watching the game, it seems like they're fighting. Yeah, you know what they I, I do believe they do lead the league in pims, but not that most of them aren't even fights. A lot of, like they they've been incredibly undisciplined, especially lately. But I think like there are a few guys who have two or three misconducts for abuse of officials. Like it, it's they're a rowdy bunch down there. Like they get pretty crazy. Um, so it's not even fighting all the time that is what's racking up the pims. It's a lot of like really stupid stuff. Um, which is like kind of frustrating. Yeah. Uh, Kalen, a- Kalen Addison has like five misconducts. Oh, I think, geez. And I think one of them's a fight. Um, he gets a lot of unsportsman likes. He's got a, he's, he's got a short wick. Um, and when he snaps, he snaps. So people need to, 
pump the brakes if you're going to talk about how big he is because, you know, he plays like he's 6'5". He's a beast. But, um, yeah, down there, there's a lot of pims, but not necessarily from all fights or anything like that. It's a lot of undisciplined, dumb penalties, whether it's – like I actually am shocked how many times <laughs> – I look at the game notes and there's abusive official. I think Cramarosa has three. I think Jeez. he's been called for three different abusive officials, like 10 minute misconducts. Like it's crazy. Um, so they rack up the pims down there. And then on top of that, they're just not killing the penalties. So that's really hurting them. Um, but I think, again, I think it's flaring up a lot more now just because they just do look exhausted. Yeah. Uh, there's just no energy. And I, I mean, it's hard to blame them. The HL season's hard as it is, but you know, on top of that, when you're playing for a guy like Tim Army, who's a great coach, he's just extremely demanding and demands his players play a certain way. And if you don't, then you don't play. Um, so they get themselves into a lot of trouble. Um, but again, I think adding fresh blood, I think it could be good for them. You mentioned uh, first off, and I'm just going to, just because of my uh, affinity for Vlad Guerrero Jr., I'm just going to call him Vladdy. It just, it feels like it fits. Um Similar story with first off, uh, you did kind of allude to it, but again, you know, what does he bring to the table and uh, what can fans expect from him here over the next couple of years? A lot of offense. Um, he's a scorer for sure. Uh, you know, he's got a wicked shot. He scores from deep. He's got some sneaky skill. Um, you know, most of his, most of his goals are coming from, from pretty far out, but I think he scored a goal in every hockey East, uh, playoff game i think all three were tippins so he's a crafty player in the offensive zone he loves having the puck on a stick he's a winger that kind of plays like a center um he's very creative hockey iq in terms of the offensive zone anyways is, is very high he makes a lot of really good plays um loves having the puck on a stick um you know and his passing is this year i noticed especially um he's firing some unbelievable like those passes that you don't really see but somehow you know, he's able to just spot the lane and spot an open guy in front of the net. And I think he was robbed of about 10 assists. I know a lot of people looking at his production and kind of wondering what was going on. Um, UConn's not necessarily a super high-scoring team in the first place, and they're playing in Hockey East, where a lot of times they're underdogs, even though they went to the final this year. Um, but he's a really creative player, and he's a kid, another kid that plays with an edge. Like, he plays hard, and he'll every once in a while he'll snap too. Um, I've probably watched him. I don't even know how he didn't get called for these penalties, but I mean, he is whacking guys in front of that net, throwing these cross checks. Like he's battling for every puck. And the thing he's made his uh, AHL debut, and I thought he was he. I thought it looked great. Um, you know, not just you know creative in the offensive zone, but forechecking hard, winning battles along the wall, knocking pucks loose. Um, battle level was super high. He looked like he was pretty jacked up just playing his first pro game. But um, you know, he, he offers a lot. There's a reason he was a second round pick, and there's a reason that a couple of years ago he made that Russian World Juniors team. He's legit, um, and I think he's definitely kind of gone under the radar with you know guys like Rossi, Boldy. Uh, Beckman, Addison, Wallstadt. Like, I think he's kind of slipped under the radar a little bit. Uh, but it's a really good prospect um, and a really exciting player to watch for sure. Well, and, you know, we've seen from Bill Guerin, it's been pretty evident, and from Dean Evison too, even if you're a guy that doesn't necessarily have a as good of a skill set as some other prospect in the system, if you play hard, if you grind, there's there's going to be a spot in this roster as long as both – Dean and Garen are uh, are running the show. Yeah, and again, he he does play super hard. He definitely has to have. He's definitely going to require. If he's going to play in Minnesota, anyways, he's going to have to 
get a little bit more responsible on the defensive side of the puck, but I thought the effort was there for sure in the defensive zone where, you know, in previous years when he's, I mean, he's a young kid in college and he doesn't care about defense, but um, I thought this year, especially um, right around Thanksgiving, I remember because I went to a U-Lol game because he was playing. So I got to go to that one um, and he had a terrible game. Like, I mean, I don't even know if he skated in the off uh, the defensive zone at all. Like he wasn't on the puck. He was Ooh. just bad. Gets, gets scratched the next game. Um, you know, game after that though, he comes back, they throw him on the fourth line and he is grinding. And I mean, he's defending well, gets, he earns himself an assist um, and he was all over the place. So, you know, he's not going to pout when things don't go his way. Uh, he, he responds pretty well to adversity, but again, you know, he definitely needs to work on the defensive side of the puck a little bit more, but the effort's definitely there, which is definitely encouraging to see. Um, let's flip and, uh, and talk about the depth of the organization because we, those that, uh, that have been covering the wild prospect system for a while know the depth that exists. Uh, the national media, it seems like is starting to kind of take notice as well. And so uh, we'll finish today's episode by uh, taking a look at which positions in the wild farm system have the most depth. We'll continue our chat with Spoked Z after this here on Locked on Wild. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info from every game through March Madness to the championship game. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, betonline.net has it. Betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games as well. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find it all at Bet Online, where the game starts. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. Pointing to the corner, and again, I got this right because I finally learned that if you point one way, it's opposite on the screen. So uh, that, uh, that Twitter account right there, at SpokeZ, Make sure you give it a follow because uh, Spoked is as good with wild prospects as exists in the wild Twitter sphere. So uh, you'll you'll have fun. I guarantee it. If you don't, uh, definitely money back. But we'll have to. There'd be invoices and everything. So you know, let, you're going to have fun. Um, so the Wilds farm system in general, a lot of good prospects, a lot of players, as you alluded to that are very close to making the NHL roster. I just want to kind of undercover some of the other ones that people are not noticing or talking about yet. Um, but before we get there, you did allude to it already, but is there a particular position in the, the Wilds farm system that is lacking in depth? Honestly, like not necessarily. If you're going to pinpoint it, you'd put, maybe you'd look at, right wing but even then you got a lot of guys who are natural centers who you know you're not you're just not going to be a center here but and they're more than capable of playing on the wing there um you know but depends what you count if you count matt boldy as a prospect still he probably you know he plays i don't know if i guess maybe he's on the left side in minnesota i, I can't remember 
who plays on the left and the right, but, um, you know, primarily before Minnesota anyways, he's a right winger, but, you know, from there you probably go Pavel Novak, um, who's having an incredible season. Um, he's got some work to do before he's NHL ready, obviously, but, um, you know, I guess if you're going to try to nitpick a position of need, quote unquote need, I don't even know if I'd say, I don't even think needs the right word to use necessarily, but, um, you know, you look at the right side, even on defense too, you have like Kalen Addison, um, you know, Ryan O'Rourke's a left shot D, but he plays on the right side primarily. Um, he's suspended right now. Um, whoops. <laughs> um, you know, and then from there, in terms of right shot defenseman, you got, you know, the Johansons, one of which is definitely not going to be here. Um, but Simon Johansson's having a hell of a season right now, and he's signed for another. He just re-signed one-year contract. I'm sure there's an out clause, but, I mean, he's not going to come play in the NHL. But, you know, you go from those two to, like, Kyle Masters, who's probably four years away. Uh, but he's my sneaky – he's my favorite sneaky undercover prospect to watch for sure. Um, so if you're looking at the right side, I guess, if you want to nitpick, whether it's at forward or whether it's on the defense um, – you know, if you want to use the word lacking, uh, that's at least from, from quantity, you know, it's definitely the right side of defense and forwards for sure. Um, obviously, you know, in terms of the guys that are close to making it, you know, you've got, uh, you got Rossi, Boldy's already up, but you've got Kalen Addison, you got Adam Beckman as well. Um, all eyes have, uh, kind of shifted focus to Jesper Wallstead as being the goalie of the future. Although if Marc-Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot play like they have been, they can stay as long as they like. Beyond that in the system, like what what do we make of Zane McIntyre at this point? Is he somebody that could potentially uh, elevate a little bit or or is Jesper Wallstead kind of the, the diamond in the rough uh, for this team at the goalie position? Uh, I mean, McIntyre's old now, too. Um, you know, I have a soft spot for Zane McIntyre, and he's been outstanding for Iowa. He's now their starting goaltender. Um, you know, he was drafted by Boston. Um, you know, he won goaltender of the year in college his senior year. He looked like he was going to have a nice long career, and it just never happened for him. Um, he's been through a lot on the ice, off the ice. So, you know, he's definitely a guy I root for, um, and he seems like he's enjoying his time with Iowa, even though they're getting peppered a lot of nights. Um, you know, until recently they were all playing pretty well. So, um, you know, Paul Stett's the guy, I mean, he is, it's just, that's where the conversation starts and ends, to be honest. Um, and not just because there's no other guys in the system that are good or project to be NHL goaltenders. Um, this, this kid is just, I mean, he's the best goaltending prospect in the world that hasn't played in the NHL yet. Like he's, he is that dude. Um, you know, I've said it before. I think he's got you know, another year of development and then he's going to be flirting with being NHL ready for sure. He's already playing pro in Sweden. Um, so he's facing a lot of ex NHL players, um, you know, and players who could play in the NHL, but stay home in Sweden or just want to play in Europe. Uh, so he's playing against men. He's not playing in, you know, the CHL where the oldest kids 20 or college where the oldest kids, maybe 30. <laughs> um, but um, the, he is, it, He's fun to watch, uh, not necessarily like flashy or anything, uh, but just especially for me coming from Boston, he plays the exact same way the two Garask plays, um, you know, just positionally sound reading plays. Um, you know, he's just always in the right spot. Um, so, 
he's another one to he's I mean, you could flip the top three prospects in the Minnesota Wild Pool. You could flip Wallstead, Rossi, and Boldy. I mean, you could make an argument for all three of those guys. Any any of those three can be your your number one prospect in the pool. Um, I also wanted to ask you, I, I just, this completely slipped my mind, but Iowa made uh, a couple of trades during the season or the wild did. Um, and you got a couple of guys in Brandon Baddock and Nolan Stevens that were brought into the organization. How have those guys done? I mean, they bring some size from what I have seen, but, uh, have they been, uh, <laughs> have they been, uh, making an impact on the wild roster or have they, been uh, racking up the pims like uh, pretty much everybody else. Uh, well, hold on, I got to close the door again. <laughs> Friggin' dog runs the show, dude. It's his schedule. Living it. Yeah, it's his Seriously. schedule. I can't. Uh, I cannot abide by it, or not abide by it. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, for for those two, no. Uh, I mean, Brandon Baddock is just prototypical enforcer he's just a pure fighter he doesn't really give you anything else um so the fact that him and cody mcleod are the same team right now it's it's pretty funny um he's been running around trying to fight people and there's a lot of guys <laughs> who just won't go um he got in one recently and just pounded some dude that probably shouldn't have taken the fight but i don't think Baddock gave him much of a choice there um, i think that was more of an opportunity for um uh the Hamburglar to go play. That's what that trade was. Sure. And he actually went back in the NHL and he won his first game. So that was cool to see. Um, but Nolan Stevens is interesting. I actually, I was curious because I, he's one of those guys. If, if Tim army could make a hockey player in a laboratory, it would probably look like Nolan Stevens. Um, he's a big body plays really hard, but he's got good hands, good skill. Um, you know, he played at Northeastern for four years, produced all four years. He was really good drafted. I think in the fifth round by St. Louis, um, and I mean, there was just no spot for him there, but you know, he's a big power forward center, um, you know, and he got hurt pretty early in. Um, I mean, when he kept, when he got to Iowa, he didn't really look super comfortable. Uh, but now he's playing fantastic. He's on the puck a lot. You can't, t- you can't knock him off the puck. He's going, whether it's down low or in front of the net, he's winning battles. And um, you know, he's every once in a while, he's chipping in with some points. I think he had like a three game point streak a couple weeks ago. Uh, but he's fitting in really well with a few different players. I like watching him play with Adam Beckman. I uh, played with first off the other day and I thought they linked up really well. Um, yeah, I like Nolan Stevens. There are definitely tools there that you could use in the NHL. Uh, will it be in Minnesota? I don't know. I probably have my doubts just because how deep the pool is and how many guys are in front of him in line. But um, you know, he's a good player. He's got the tools. That's for sure. Um, if he can stay healthy and he can, um, kind of find a, like that one next gear, you know, you wonder about a team taking a flyer on a kid like Noel Stevens. Cause I, I have a lot of time for him. I like him as a player. Yeah. Um, final one for you. Uh, I'm just going to go through the three names that are, are most commonly associated with being part of the wild roster next year. We are, because I refuse to acknowledge that the other option is even a possibility at this point. Kevin Fiala will be on this team next year. And, Send done. So, assuming that, apologies. I I get super passionate about that now. That's just my my thing. You gotta. But assuming that, let's just play in or out with uh, the the big three for the Iowa Wild next year on this uh, Wild roster. Uh, and let's start with Adam Beckman. Will he be on the Minnesota Wild roster next year, or 
is he going to be maybe one of those, if somebody gets hurt, then he gets elevated? You know, he's good enough to make an NHL team right now. Um, you know, I think everyone saw him in the preseason, obviously lost their mind. Um, that was kind of, for me, that was more of a flash in the pan type thing. I'm not totally convinced he's ready to be a top six forward in the NHL yet. Um, he's pl- He's been put in a little bit of a different role for sure in Iowa. Um, so whenever people ask about his production being down, it's, it's not because he's not playing well. I think he's playing really well. Um, you know, and he's had to adjust. I mean, there are a lot of nights where, you know, he's on a line with Cody McLeod or Brandon Baddock. Um, and he's put in a grinding bottom six role. And I think at the beginning of the season, that was pretty tough for him, but he's definitely figured it out. Um, you know, if you know the kid, you know, he's never had a bad day in his life. He's yeah, <laughs> he's never going to pout. He's never going to be down about anything. He just wants to play. So um, that being said, I just don't see a spot for him next year, especially if Kevin Fiala is back, um, you know, and there's just so many guys at that wing, whether it's on the right or the left, it's just, there's no real, you know, you're not going to have him on your team as a fourth line left winger. It's just yep. that you're not going to get Adam. That's not, you're not getting Adam Beckman. You're just getting a body at that point. So while he's definitely, um, you know, shown the ability to, to play in the middle six or a bottom six role in Iowa, I think that was more, not necessarily planning for his NHL future in terms of where he's going to project to be. I just think it was more rounding out his game and playing a little bit um, differently aside from just a pure sniper. Cause realistically the, the wild, again, especially if they bring Kevin Fiala back, they're not really look in need of some pure sniper. So yeah. um, I, I like the kid a lot. I think he's definitely going to be a very good NHL player. And when he does make it in, in a full-time role, um, you know, you definitely a top six wing for sure that can score. Um, you know, that shot is, I mean, his shot's ridiculous, but, um, you know, I just don't see a spot for him next year. You look at the top six. I mean, yeah. you're not supplanting Kaprizov, Boldy at this point, not Zuccarello. So maybe, you know, he's got to wait a little bit. Who knows if Zuccarello finishes out the contract in Minnesota? I, you know, I have no idea, but, um, you know, I think a lot of things would have to go right for Adam Beckman and probably wrong for a few other guys in Minnesota right now. If, if he's going to find himself in that top six next season. Um, Kalen Addison, we've seen a lot of moves made for this, uh, this wild decor. A lot of the players that, uh, that are currently occupying those spots are all locked in for uh, multiple seasons. And so, you know, that was my biggest question after the Goligoski extension was, what does that mean for, uh, what does that mean for Kalen Addison? So do you think he finds a way into the lineup? Obviously if we're keeping Fiala, I mean, somebody on D is probably going to be leaving. So is he in or out? I mean, you just look at the bodies again. He's probably out at this point. Um, you know, it, I know it's after the trade deadline. Um, they're already locking guys in, but it still is too early to know for sure. Yep. Um, but, you know, I guess it really depends what their offseason plans are with two guys in particular. Well, I guess three. Um, you know, number one, Middleton. You know, he's an RFA. As long as he finishes out the season and plays, I think he's got to play 11 more games. He'll remain as an RFA. Um, you know, do they resign him or do they trade him for assets? Who knows? Um, if you're giving up Kakinen, then you're probably hoping to keep him around a little bit. Um, you know, I probably, that probably depends on how he rounds out the rest of the year playing with Spurgeon. Um, you know, number two is, 
Kulikov. He signed for another year at a good. I don't know why he gets kind of abused sometimes in the Twitter world. He's played pretty well. You want to look yeah. at like just the eye test alone. Plus, if you look at the underlying numbers defensively, he's just been solid, and he was last year and the year before that. Um, you know, and he's locked in next season at a pretty reasonable cap hit. But if that's your third pair, you got a guy making I think it's two point something there. Um, you know, do you move that to try to recoup some assets or get a little bit of cap space? Uh, there are plenty of teams that will come calling for him for sure. Uh, but that's a body that would have to probably leave if Kalen Addison's going to play. And then you got to figure out what you're doing with Matt Dumba, especially if you're going to be keeping Kevin Viala. I don't think they want to get rid of Dumba by any means. Um, you know, and along with that, I just don't think that they would get a price that they're comfortable parting ways with them. But yeah, um, right now there's just there's seven definite NHL players on Minnesota's defense core. A lot of them are signed long term. Um, you know, I, I still think Kalen Addison has a few things he's got to figure out before he's ready to be more than just like a bottom pair filling guy yeah. in the NHL, you know, especially if you, if you want to put him in a top four D role, I I'm not totally convinced he's there yet. Um, you know, there's still some immature parts of his game for sure. Some things he's got to round out, um, you know, namely the defensive side of the puck offensively. It's not a question. He's good. He's good to go. Um, you know, I think he's been a lot better lately for Iowa or since his most recent, if you want to call it demotion since they sent them back down. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he's been a lot better. He was, it was pretty up and down at the beginning of the year for the kid. Um, there are a lot of nights that you kind of left, like what the hell was that? And there <laughs> are some nights where you're like, yep. Okay. Get him to the NHL right now. Um, you know, truth be told, he probably looked better in the NHL than he did with the AHL. And I don't really know if that's a red flag at all, but, um, I don't think so, but you know, I, I'm not totally convinced he's just for sure ready yet to be full time, you know, 16, 17, 18 minutes a night in the NHL. I still think there's a few things that they probably want him to get right before he goes up. Um, but again, the math just isn't good for him in terms of, you know, not necessarily dollars, but for sure, just the amount of guys that they have there, especially after re signing Goligoski, which was interesting for sure. Yeah, um, I'm right with you on that. And then the final one. Marco Rossi, who is standing by to give this team some uh, a, a true center. I mean, right right off the bat, that's uh, that's something that definitely gives him value. Uh, however, you look at the Fiala line, Freddie Goudreau playing pretty well as the center for that line. Hartman, maybe a guy that you shift back to a wing and you put Rossi up with those two. I don't know, but um, what do you think about Marco Rossi, in or out? Um, I mean, again, the math isn't good. Uh, you know, if, you know, going line by line. You know, I think if you take Hartman away from that line, um, you don't get the same Ryan Hartman. Like, you're not going to get the same. You're not getting what you're getting now if you put them in your bottom six in the wing or even just wing in general, I don't think. Yep. Uh, plus there's no real winger spots for him to go to anyways. Um, you know, on the second line, you have Goudreau there for another year. Um, you know, I think he's obviously been pretty good with Fiala and Boldy on a lot of nights. Um, but it, can you upgrade there for sure? Um, you know, and again, I actually really like Freddie Gaudreau. Uh, I think he lately has been taking some hits just because he's not Marco Rossi or like not like a out and out top six center, but you know, it's working right now. Um, you know, third line, you're not 
Erickson Eck, nope, that's not, you're not splitting those three up. And then, you know, if you put them on the fourth line, what are you really going to get there? I don't know. Um, you know, I think lately for sure too, like, again, he was producing at an incredible clip, especially for a kid who went from OHL to not playing for a year with a extremely serious issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just like the rest of the team at Iowa, he looks exhausted, um, you know, and the plays definitely come down a little bit. I don't know how much of that's on him. Um, but the season's definitely wearing on him now. And it totally, I mean, it's not even a criticism because, again, this kid never played or he didn't play hockey for a year. And then he's thrown right into the gauntlet in the AHL, um, which is a scary league to just get thrown into because you've got a lot of guys down there who are just complete mutants. <laughs> so, um, you know, but he's, I mean, he's been incredible. So, you know, is he NHL ready? Yeah, he could go play in the NHL right now. Could he use another you know, a little bit just playing a pro game and getting used to playing against pros against men, um, you know, and playing in a pro league for sure. So, you know, it, we'll see what happens again. So much, ha- there's so many more questions that they have in the off season that they need to figure out before, you know, you can def- definitively say any of those three are going to be in the NHL. Um, but, you know, he's a, a future number one center future future franchise cornerstone for sure the kid i mean it's there's no question um you know he's an incredible player he's one of the best prospects in the nhl um but you know at this point there's just so many questions in terms of the salary cap and how they're going to navigate that trying to figure out who stays who goes without messing with the whatever the chemistry i guess um but you know the math isn't good for him. So like all three of those guys, it's just the math sucks. So yeah, they got a lot of moves to make to try to, and they're not going to just do that just to get those guys in. Like they got a good thing going right now. Obviously, um, no one's really falling off a cliff or anything like that. But I mean, even guys like Bugstan aren't in the lineup. Connor Dewar's back down the AHL. Like there's just the numbers just they hurt so we'll see what happens in the offseason who's going to go but you know at this point especially in that top six he's probably not there yet this was the depth that Anson Carter was talking about so yeah that's exactly what he was talking about for sure 100 percent. well that uh, I think is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild again make sure you're following Spoke Z on Twitter for yeah. all of yeah, this again yeah all of this it you would think I think this is epi- this is somewhere in the episode 300s for me, and I finally now I'm starting to nail the opposite side. That's good. Yeah, your money right now, dude. I know. Um, any any talent agencies out there? If you're if you're looking for a elite corner pointer on a laptop, I'm your guy. That's your guy. Absolutely. Um, make sure to follow Judd's Buds as part of the SodaPod feed uh, for your weekly prospect podcast updates as well as on Twitter for just uh, general sickoness as well. Make sure you're following Locked on Wild wherever you listen to podcasts and following us on social media as well. We're keeping you as up to date as we can on Minnesota Wild everything. So if a puck drops, if news breaks, if Nick Deloria gets in a fight, Locked on Wild has you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.